0: Right, I'm Chris Avina with American Outdoor News. Today, we have Scott McClure of the Outdoor Tomorrow Foundation.
2: Scott, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. I look forward to the opportunity to share our mission with everybody out there.
0: Now, you have a a really an unbelievable uh, foundation that is beneficial to not just hunters, but outdoorsmen in general. Uh, How did Outdoor Tomorrow Foundation start? I know it started back in 81 or 41 years ago.
2: Right. So the original name and and the official name is the Dallas Ecological Foundation. And we worked with the Dallas Safari Club. That's our largest donor over time. And as we grew our program, Outdoor Adventures, which we'll talk about, engaging youth in the outdoors, um, it became a bigger program than just the Dallas area. And so having that Dallas name uh, was kind of holding us back. If you want to have schools in Houston, and go, oh my gosh, we don't want something from Dallas. So we used a a DBA, doing business as the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation. And you can look at our charts. Boy, we just took off after that. Now we're in 45 states, not just in the Dallas area. So yeah, it started a long time ago, but officially in 1991, we started with the education program. And then about 10 years ago, we figured out the, the secret sauce. And that's when everything exploded for us.
0: Well, I looked at uh, your your map of the concentration of where you're located, and you're, you're in close to 800 schools. It shows a, a heavy concentration in the Texas area, and then it just explodes out of there.
2: Yes, sir. We started in Texas, of course, and then we didn't realize it was going to be a greater uh, uh, impact. And just to kind of share a story... Uh, I had a school call me. It was Westbrook High School. And I know of a Westbrook High School in Houston. I said, yeah, Texas Parks and Wildlife will do your teacher training and you're good to go. And he goes, wait a minute. I'm in Westbrook, Maine. I'm in Maine. Oh my (laughs) gosh. So we called the Maine Department of Conservation. They said, yeah, we can do the teacher training. And boy, did we realize, hey, we have something bigger than Texas. And that's now why we're in 45 states. Now, how do you actually go about Finding the teachers for the program. So a lot of state agencies will try to get education programs and a lot of conservation groups will get education programs out to schools. But you got to find the school decision maker, or otherwise, it's not going to go anywhere. So we target physical education teachers and ag science teachers. We target principals and we target school administrator conferences. Mm -hmm. And we go to those conferences and do presentations, and it has just grown from there because we found the right decision-makers in that group.
0: And the focus is um, youth outdoor education, which is elementary school all the way up
2: through high school, early college? In college, yes. So we target outdoor skill education. So we have over 34 units, but we do hunter education, we do boat education, we do shooting sports, we do the NASP archery program, we do 3D archery, fishing, fly tying, ice fishing, all the way to ATV safety. Uh, Trapping is included in there for our states that have the trapping program. And then we have everything in between from camping, backpacking, orienteering. Again, kindergarten through 12th, and we now have five universities that are using it as their PE course in college. Wow,
0: That's, that's grown in leaps and bounds. It's
2: taken time, but I mean, you really cover the gamut. It, it's exciting when you hear about that kindergartner or whatever it may be that finally got a chance to go outdoors and investigate the outdoors all the way up to that middle school, high school kid that is not involved in school. And all of a sudden you hear now they're buying rods and reels or buying archery equipment. And the parent goes, I'm excited that my child's involved and the parent gets involved, too. Yeah, so we call it a two for one program. We not only get the child, but we get the parent involved in the outdoors.
0: Well, I read an article in. uh American Outdoor News Magazine last uh, last issue <laughs> uh, about um, uh, survival training, starting yes. fires, uh, how to survive in the outdoors. You teach that as well. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, the survival unit is an amazing unit because most kids don't have any concept. They All they know is what's on their phone, and the information they get on their phone really is not the best thing because in any survival situation, you have to survive with what you have. You know, it may may be what's in your car or in your backpack, and that's it. And that's how we teach it. Make them think outside the box, say, here's your situation. How are you going to make it? And uh, hopefully we never have a child in a survival situation, but we know someday these children may be in that situation, and they will use these skills to survive. Yeah, you never know what life is going to bring you. I mean, it
0: throws you a curveball. You learn stuff at an early age. You may find yourself in a position – 10 years from then, 15 years from then, and, and that training
2: stays with you. You know, along with that survival skills, we've been in around the program long enough that we have students that now have children. And I'll, I'll see them or they'll tell the stories. Oh, my gosh, I now took my five-year-old fishing because I remembered how to tie knots and what to do from the class that I took. 10 years ago. So we see all of our units as lifelong units that they'll use forever. Uh, then we take the place of physical education. Not everybody's going to play basketball or football their whole life, but nope. they can enjoy archery and fishing and camping in the outdoors forever.
0: Absolutely. I, I've, uh, been enjoying the outdoors since, uh, God, I was, uh, eight, 10 years old, somewhere around there. Uh, thankfully I had uh, uh, an uncle that was an outdoorsman and he introduced me to camping and he took me on my first hunting trip and uh, it was just a great experience growing up in the outdoors.
2: But well, and see what you've experienced is similar to my life. I had a mentor. I had someone that would take me in the what we know today is true is over 50% of the students in our program have no one that will take them in the outdoors. And, you know, 25, 30, 40 years ago, we had mentors that would take us, our aunts, our uncles, our grandparents, or a neighbor. But that's not the way it is now. And so if these children are not introduced to the outdoors and not introduced to wildlife conservation and Pittman-Robertson laws and where funding comes from and how we can support wildlife and the truth about gun safety and the truth of if we don't do it, who's gonna do it? And we are the only program in America that targets the general population through public schools.
0: Yep. So it might, uh, and, and I'm sure a lot of kids fall into this category as well. Uh, My dad was a sports guy, football, baseball, basketball. Um, He was a police officer. Um, So he introduced me to sports at an early age, but he wasn't an outdoorsman. And God forbid I ever touched his gun, I was was in trouble. Yes, sir. (laughs) So he never took me to the range. He never took me outdoors. But, you know, I had other family members that did introduce me to camping and hunting and shooting and... You know, so thankfully, um, you know, there's always uh, someone in the family or, or yes. a fam- uh, family friend that could take you outdoors. And now there's organizations like Outdoor Tomorrow Foundation that can teach kids at an early age and get them outdoors and get them camping and teach them how to light a fire. Uh, that's, that's the great thing about organizations
2: like yours. Uh, I'll share just a quick story that goes right along with that. Long story short here is I had a student in my own class when I taught the class that was gothic and didn't fit in the school, and he had long black hair, black fingernails, and hated school. He was a senior. It was a single-parent situation, but he had to have PE credit to graduate. He gets into my class. He's cussing me. He's cussing the school. He just had a horrible attitude. But things changed because someone taught him how to fish in the class. He came in one Monday morning, he goes, you'll never guess what I did this weekend. I'm like, oh my goodness, I really don't want to know what you did. And he goes, I went down to the store, bought a rod and reel, and he started naming all the ponds he was fishing in, and he was trespassing on every single one of them. You know, I couldn't condone that, but the point was this. No one had taught him how to do it. He didn't know what to do. And once he learned how, he had a new passion. So we hear that story nationwide. And you just fill in the gap. I learned how to cook in a Dutch oven, geocaching, hunting, fishing, shooting sports. These kids are thirsty and hungry for the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And we're just trying to provide them that activity and, and and the skill.
0: What's your favorite aspect of the organization?
2: My favorite aspect really is changing kids' lives. And I, we do it through the outdoors. Uh, you know, if a child says, uh, all I want to do is just play video games and I, I don't want to be in school. I hate being involved with athletics. I'm not competitive. I'm, I'm overweight or because of my skin color, I don't fit in here. Or because of my economic level, I can't do this. Well, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. The outdoors has no bias. Everyone can enjoy it. So my greatest part about it is seeing a child's life changed by new skills in the outdoors. And again, like I said, if it's as simple as just going on a hike, great. All the way to I'm now hunting, I'm going hunting all over the world, or I'm now boating and fishing. That's that's what I love. You know,
0: I went on a hike this weekend. And, you know, I go to the gym every day, so I think I'm in okay shape. My legs will not <laughs> It's a yeah. different type of workout.
2: <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, you know, getting outside, we already know the health benefits from it, from the sunshine and the fresh air and just in opening up your mind. There's a concept called, you know, open play or free play. And a lot of schools are so rigid, you don't get that. But when you get outside, It's open to everything you can explore and do things it's not so structured and uh, it really has a lot of health benefits to it.
0: Now, um, do you organize trips for the kids as well, or like hikes or hunting trips or fishing trips.
2: So the curriculum has over 290 lessons. And what we do in the curriculum is we build in opportunities for outdoor uh, adventures beyond the classroom. But we challenge the teacher to work with local conservation groups, work with your National Wild Turkey, your Trout Unlimited, or whichever group is in your area to provide those activities because we're a very small nonprofit. We can't provide an activity everywhere. But what we have found is a lot of the schools will then want to go on fishing trips. They want to go on hunting trips. They want to go uh, on a camping trip. And all they got to do is partner with so many local conservation groups. And that's one of the things we do is we work with conservation groups to recruit new schools because they want to work with children, but they don't know how or they don't know where. Well, work with us. We'll get connected to a school in their neighborhood and now that they can start doing those activities together.
0: Do you work with the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, Cub Scouts? Do you work with them?
2: Yes. And what we do there is we're an in-school curriculum. And so we, when there's a good chapter or a good club, a good Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts, then they usually partner with those teachers to grow their program, just like the conservation group wants to grow their program from the ground up. They invite those kids to their activities. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So there's a natural synergy there where
0: you can cross over and and be members of all different organizations like
2: many of us are today. Yeah, and we also have uh, after-school clubs that are created. So I have one school that has 700 students enrolled in their PE class, and that's a lot of kids. But they also have 120 kids on their archery team. They have another 150 kids on their sporting clay team, and they have 80 kids on their – bass fishing team. The That's teacher true. surveyed those kids on those teams and 90% were not involved in their school organizations because they found their new niche, their new passion through yep. outdoor adventures.
0: You don't have to be a football star or a basketball star to be a, a, a good outdoorsman, a good hunter. It, it, it's non-discriminate and it, all shapes and sizes. It takes everybody.
2: You know, in our culture today, they talk about, you know, equal this and, and diversity and everything. And I agree, fine, that's great. But you put them outside, it's an even playing field for everybody.
0: 100%. 100%. Well, we're going to take a quick break here to acknowledge some of our sponsors. Uh, Underwood Ammo, always a standard of excellence. excellence. Uh, Outdoor Tomorrow, uh, uh, we're partners with the Outdoor Tomorrow Foundation, obviously. And um uh, oh geez, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> <laughs> Pyro Putty, Phone Scope, great products, and um, Hunt of a Lifetime. And we'll be right back. Okay, and we're back. Scott, uh, I got to ask you, um, how fast is your organization growing?
2: We grow by the by the pace of our fundraising. Uh, We are a nonprofit and what we do is we have lots of different fundraisers and things, but you asked how fast we're growing. We've been growing by 30% annually. And even during our COVID years, the last two years, we've added over 100 new schools to the program. We're on pace this year to add 200 schools. So we're at 800 right now. We know by next fall, we'll be in over 1000 schools. We average 100 students per school, so when we hit that 1,000 schools, that'll be 100,000 new students every single year learning about wildlife conservation, hunting, and fishing in the outdoors. So we're growing right now extremely fast. Uh, We have folks all over the country that are helping promote us through different organizations, different uh, conservation groups are promoting us. Uh, Through podcasts like yours today, you know, there may be people that hear about this program and say, I want this in my school. And that's what we do is we just need a good contact at that school, the right decision maker, and we can make it happen. So we have uh, schools in Canada and in in Europe that are wanting our program. So we may be international here real quick. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, 80,000
0: students a year. Yes, sir. That's tremendous. Yes, sir. It's, it's exciting. That's, uh, I don't know how you juggle all of that, but it's. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we were very blessed with some really good donors. And and let me tell you how the program works financially with the school, because schools are always hearing about they don't have money. But we charge a $1,000 for the curriculum, but it's a one-time charge. Uh-huh. And the school is sitting there and goes, oh, my goodness, I don't have $1,000. Well, we have donors. They want their money to go back to the students. So we give back to the school. in equipment. So they get the curriculum. Well, they need rods and reels. They need things to teach it with. We buy that for them through our donor funds. So now the school can look at it one way or the other. I'm getting equipment in the curriculum or I'm getting the curriculum and I'm getting equipment. And uh, they love that. And a lot of times they go, really? You're going to give us money back? Yeah, because we have donors that want your kids outdoors. Well, it is, there's a lot of benefits to being
0: outdoors. We all know that. And it's uh, skills that you'll carry throughout your life. Uh, and look at, uh, look at during COVID. Look at the spike in fishing licenses, hunting licenses. People were starving to get outside. And yes. I'm sure that was a big boom in your, in your membership as well.
2: Absolutely. We had, like I said, 290 lessons. We went back in there at the beginning of COVID and created a distance learning opportunity for every single lesson for those schools that were having to teach remotely. So with the lesson, the curriculum was ready to go. And what was funny was we still had 14,000 Hunter Ed certifications through our PE classes, even during COVID. So yeah, the message was there. They still wanted to be a part of things regardless if they were in class or remotely learning That's amazing. well we love what you do.
0: Um, it, it's you know something that every kid should be a part of. my I know my son loves being outdoors, loves jumping on the quad and riding out in the woods and uh, you know he's every kid has their niche in the outdoors.
2: Absolutely and I love how you said that because every child can love it, but someone needs to teach them how to do it and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and where can we find you? So the best way to find us is just on the internet. And that's uh, Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation. And our address is gootf.com. And that's G-O-O-T-F, Frank.com. And uh, my email is Scott with one T-S-C-O-T at gootf.com. Email me, look us up on the uh, internet. If you Google us, you'll find us because a lot of schools are researching us. And, uh, you know, a school that's interested, find that decision maker, that principal, that teacher, connect us, and we will do everything we can to get it going.
0: That's great. We love what you do, and we look forward to what's coming next. Uh, International is an amazing accomplishment, really is.
2: Congratulations. Chris, thank you for your time, and I appreciate it. And for all your listeners out there and stuff, we look forward to uh, coming back at another time and and sharing all our adventures and all of our uh, growth with everybody. That's great.
1: Thanks for coming on, Scott. I appreciate it. Thank you.